this is my normal voice when I request Brandon take a Diet Coke out of the Frigidaire. You keep a Diet Coke in the fridge. To keep it cold so you could then take it out so it can become <laughs> hot. <laughs> Why? How do you do it? You're right. That's a good that's a good method. What's after breakfast? What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas. It's weird brunch. Haley, what? What's are you uh, are you having some I'm off today. I feel off today. You look like it. I got Botox. Did you? Yeah. Let me take down my old lady glasses. Ooh, when did Your you get it? Your forehead looks oh, like a incredible. Week ago. Thank you. I went in because I was like, I'm 33. This is just part of the process now, isn't it? And they went, yes, we actually expected you three years ago. Um, <laughs> where have you been? Where have you been? Long. How embarrassing. Uh, no, I went in because like we've, we've talked about because we end up talking about this a lot, mm-hmm. actually. Um, since I have hooded eyes, I, I hate it because I can't do my makeup the way I used to do my makeup. And so I went in and I was like, can we like just do a little <laughs> woo, a little lifty woo? And she's like, yeah, it's not going to be like you got like a brow lift or anything. I'm like, well, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Gradual. Sure. Gradual. Well, if it gets if it does actually, I want to say it gets bad enough, but you can get Botox prescribed if it impacts your vision because you have hooded eyes. You so have to get a brow lift the same way too. You're going to try to push down, like... Just like weight down. <laughs> yeah, like, weight. Basically like nipple clamps with weights on them <laughs> yeah. on my brows so every they night. eventually almost cover your eyes. Yeah. That's and, a good idea. And then cross my fingers that the American healthcare system approves that type they of surgery. They love women. They love women. They love helping us out. So <laughs> did I, I have to pay $2,000 more out of pocket than I thought I was going to have to for a medically <gasps> necessary hysterectomy? Uh, yes. Oh, I thought you were going to say for your Botox. No, I was the Botox like, was oh, like shit. a couple hundred dollars. I was like, you went to the wrong place. Right. Okay. So how much total was yours? If you don't mind me asking. Like 380 And yours was? 280 Okay. How many units? 20. Uh, 26. I had an introductory first time thing. They did $11 That's a unit. That's how they get you. That's oh, how I they get you. Well, here's the I should have pushed back on that. Most, I feel like mm. most injectable places, most Botox places will let you do that. If it's your first time visiting that place, they do it. But, and there's so many Botox places in the city that you can probably go it's like, a very long time right. doing That's it. That's what I was. Discount. Yeah. It's like Your when doctor all, the, shopping. all the Lyft and Uber and everybody yep. started doing food also. It's like, yeah, it's my first time with DoorDash. Grab him. Fucking all of them. As long as you have a new phone number. And you can That's buy true. phone numbers. So, <gasps> Dang. Yeah, I want to scam it's the beauty new. system. You yeah. should. Yeah. But I like it so far. And it is, it's, it, you know, it costs money, but it's also not a brow lift. It's not thousands mm-hmm. of dollars. Yeah. And you only have to do it every few months if you want to. Yeah. And it's not going to like fuck your face up it can but i know i think it would have this time if it was going to well like lisa taught us from last time yeah that you don't know if you're allergic until the second time so i'll go in the second time if i come back all puffy faced and crazy we know i'm gonna go back my second time i was i'm already like maybe we should do more next time (laughs) Like it's you have such a you both skin, have good skin and that's when I said something I was like I don't feel like I have a lot of wrinkles that I like want to get yeah rid of like most of them I'm pretty I'm fine with it's just li- quite literally and then at the 11s because mm-hmm, she was there really I took a picture me. before I did it and then I've taken a picture after being like I hope I can see the difference I'm like I can't even recreate that Mm-mm. even close to it Mm-mm. at this point really the one thing yeah. that I noticed which was really funny was um I was working out at 
the, uh, we have a Peloton at our office and I was using Man, the Peloton. Peloton. <laughs> Here's why it's funny. So I was doing, I've been doing it recently. And after I've gotten Botox, I realized that when I'm working out, I like furrow my brow, oh, yeah. but because I've disabled the muscles that I normally furrow, other ones are furrowing and it gives me a headache. <laughs> so be, when I use my company provided Peloton at my tech job, uh-huh. my Botox makes my head hurt. Oh, oh fuck. no. That's oh. unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. I'm not sure what to do. I feel so bad. I think bad you're going to need you. to find a new Peloton. Uh, you should yeah. probably get a second one. You know, one. Uh-huh. we're actually talking about maybe having masseuses on site at some point. So maybe I can just schedule like head a, massages yeah, a, mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that'll solve all of my. I think that'll fix you. Middle class Austinite. You know, you could, yes. you could start an addiction to pain meds and those usually help uh-huh. headaches. Is that a 30 year old thing or is that a 40 year old thing? I think it's any time. I think time. it's a, yeah, it's, that's really a spin of the wheel. Well, I feel like you're, there's two phases of pill addiction in one's life. There's your early 20 pill addiction, which is I found a pill on the floor at a party Uppers. and that's fine. And I'm just going to take it because it's drug related, Right. And then there's 40 year old drug addiction with pills, which is like my back. mommy chronic needs something. Pain. Yeah. Chronic pain. I had maybe like an ankle surgery or something. Right. So I feel like something needs to happen first, but something will, I'm sure. We can hobble you. Oh yeah, sure. Okay, good. Man, imagine taking pills off the floor before you could access the internet from your phone. Oh, to take a picture of them, yeah. What is this little engraved thing? Pillidentifier.com, baby. You can just do it from your Google thing. Now can you do it like like the plant search? Speaking of. What? Everyone's new favorite. Oh, Oh, shit. Where's my phone? (laughs) Oh, Sorry, we have to take a B-rail break. Take your headphones off and find it. You have one minute and 45 <laughs> seconds. I will not. Wow. You run like dad does. And I mean that in the way that he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Who are do Wait, you, how do we do it? Do you, do we go in a circle? I, get, I have an alfalfa, but I'm like, not even going to fix it. Do we do it where I take a picture of Whitney? Whitney takes a picture of Lisa or like that, like that. Yeah. Yes. Well, that so we're taking good. a picture, but we're looking at the person who's taking a picture of us. Okay. Ready? Let me get it Wait. set up. Let okay. me, hold on. Let me make my face look small. Okay. Me too. I always look the widest in this. One, Widen with a D. Two, three, four. This is so funny. I'm not retaking too. it. <laughs> it's sending. Okay. Now I'll wait two hours for the servers all, to catch up. Well, to that's itself. been real, y'all. <laughs> Yeah, so download Be Real and yeah. Be Our Bodies. I want more people to be. I only have like 10 yeah, people, me too. maybe. I've got like 30. <laughs> it was so Someone's jealous. so popular. We all ride our Pelotons together. Do you? And I then get massages. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy going to the Discovery page because it is quite literally it's all teenagers. so <laughs> dark. And I'm like, it's so wow, dark. look, someone doing math problem. I know. Oh, math problem. Somebody playing video game. Like, this is straight up Is kids. baby. Is baby. Ugh. That was if you're not following the was it the Washington State um, yes. Park Services? Mm. It's incredible. Their social media manager is a genius. And uh, does she ever get out of bed? Let me see. <laughs> Who is that? Someone. Oh, I'll I'll bleep that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tell me later, so I c- I'll know why I need to hate her. Also, we we will. I will uh, also yeah. show Have you. Talked you about this person before no. okay i want to get a treadmill because i want it and this is more tiktok shit but i want to do the 12 3 30 what is that 
it's been proven on TikTok. Oh, okay. So what, mm-hmm. what you're saying. In. But what it is, is you need a treadmill that has an incline that can go to a 12 degree or 12% incline, okay. which is pretty high. Yeah. Um, and you do it at speed three for 30 minutes. So it's basically like you're climbing up a steep hill for 30 minutes. But it does so much for you that you only have to do it for 30 minutes a day and people are losing like good amounts of weight and it's only 30 minute workout. Is that sustainable though? Like, so that type of workout, like I feel like you'll right. lose, but you, you won't to, like, retain. Switch it up. I don't care if you it's know, sustainable you say that. as long as I don't gain it back. I thought I was going to be cool with a one and done Botox, but here I am. Here we mm. are. I'm already like, okay, what else can I do? Here we are. End of October, beginning November. When am I going back? Yeah. Oh, I like 12.33. It's all over TikTok. <sighs> but I just don't want to buy. I don't want. I do want to buy a treadmill and I don't. Don't. And I know I'm not going to go to a fucking gym just to do it. Like the idea is that, oh, this is 30 minutes I could do from home. Yeah. You can get those under desk treadmills for like yeah, 200 bucks. Those don't incline. I need my 12%. It wouldn't like cinder blocks underneath. You know, like it wouldn't. I don't think it would. Why don't you just walk up the big hill over by mom's house? I've thought about that. Like the more I look into that workout, the more I'm like, maybe I should just walk down to mom's house and walk back. Yeah. I've been walking up that hill. Yeah. Just walking. Rita's version. What is it called? Oh God. Rita's version. 12, 330 or something. Yeah. Did you listen to that episode of Who Weekly? Weekly. Mm. Where Rita covers walk running up that hill. I have not so bad. gotten to that yet. Wait, Lisa, you still didn't go over your ghost story that we briefly talked oh, yeah. about beforehand? Because as we know, I'm some occurrences. I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it was just more of a cursed moment. Mm. Oh, no. In the last two weeks, there have been multiple times where it's like a full day of like just every single thing is something off or like I'll drop something or Mm. I'll forget something Mm. and or lose something. Mm -hmm. Like when we were in Philadelphia, I lost like four things in a matter of everything <laughs> she was like i can't find my id and she was like but i have a passport and i was like okay that works and then what she's like i can't find my phone like it was she fucking lost everything I w- in philadelphia i would say and found it yeah but then you lost the most important thing in your life yeah my yeti yeah oh my you daily have backup yeti you, you, your, your daily bottle. carry yeti isn't with you yeah I'm sorry i would say that it's because mercury is in retrograde but mercury didn't go retrograde until, until after year. and then also that's not really what mercury in retrograde does so. yeah i've also had like <clears throat> last night my phone just no service hmm. randomly while i was trying to pick cj up from of the course. uk game and he also didn't have service. And then a couple of times it's just died. That said, there's definitely been a new iPhone released. So it's yeah. probably mm. that you conspiracy. Just, okay. update. Get like somehow My shit install <laughs> echolocation on CJ or something. Yeah, oh, just like, slip an air tag on him. I've, he has like I can see him on my phone, right. which yeah. did help yesterday. But then I was like trying to. It, it's like wanna. you're offline and you're like mm, why well before we start i also i want us to 
Oh, I went to Lowe's today because the handle on our toilet broke and I had to buy a new little handle doodah. But there were Boy Scouts outside popcorn. selling popcorn. And I $20 felt bad. popcorn. That was what I was going to say. I felt bad because I was like, oh, I'll just buy some on the way out. And I went up thinking like, oh, we're going to get some Girl Scout pricing here. No. No. Mm-mm. Minimum $15 yeah. for a fucking bag of popcorn. It's corn. The... It's gone. The like most of it though, that was the cheapest one. Yeah. The rest of it was like forty or fifty dollars, and I couldn't back away because I already walked up to the table. So I bought a bag of fifteen dollar caramel oh, popcorn, and we can try it. Hell oh, yeah. see if it tastes like fifteen. Yes, please. One? Also, like, why are so they train men at a young age to make more than women it's not even a big bag of popcorn that that, that was 15 dollars. this was a 15 dollar bag of popcorn well you're paying for the experience of being able to complain <laughs> about a 15 dollar bag of popcorn of these children do you think they know do you think that when they like have to tell you the price they have to be like it's it's 15 dollars. i'm so sorry i know that girl scout cookies are three dollars and have and been three dollars so for years and you buy like a hundred because they're limited okay let's open this you'd be so mad at me if it was me opening yeah. something right now i would you're welcome whitney's okay. the only right. one who can open things <laughs> on weird <laughs> brunch oh they, it is very dense it i'll give it dense. that this does bag it, is much heavier than i thought does it, was gonna it be. taste like 15 dollars worth of popcorn also the dense part is just a ton of caramel it's pretty good is it the Christmas three-pack tin good, though? It, I'll say this is better than the caramel corn that comes in the Christmas three-pack. Yeah, because sometimes it can be sticky. Like, it, it's not oh, crunchy yep. enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Or it doesn't have enough yeah, on it. It's not, and it's like, what is what is this that I'm eating? The thing about it also, it says on the bag, over 73% supports our local scouts. Which 73% to me it's isn't that much. Yeah, it's a C minus. I think that if you looked into like how often similar things don't actually support the things they purport to, that 73% is probably actually pretty good. Uh, 27% is administrative costs. Well, and just, the lawsuits. <laughs> so many lawsuits for BS. Yeah, and they let, they let girls and Boy Scouts now, which well, honestly I'd just be in Girl, Girl Scouts. Scout. Yeah, yeah, just let boys and Girl Scouts that too 73 percent just call it scouts and go home i would just write a check i'd just be like i don't want this fucking popcorn here's 30 dollars i should have just write given them money <laughs> paying quarters I, I had to buy the bag of popcorn so i'm so glad that we never did that whitney and i um when we were in girl scouts sold girl scout cookies at dad's bar oh, yeah. um during happy hour and friday night would sell all 100 boxes in like out in an hour We'd run out of the more popular items and be left with just like shortbread cookies and would just tell, I just told them that it was actually what they wanted and half the time they believed me because they were drunk. I would just give them the wrong box. Nobody cares. Do you know how much fucking, how many cookies I would buy if I was drunk, drunk? from someone? Like all, all of them. If a child all came up them. to me at a bar, at first I'd be like, oh God. And then if they had Girl Scout cookies, I would be like, you're a businesswoman. Yeah. This is did they give you a businesswoman special when you got here? <laughs> Number one. Number two. Yes. I would like to invest in your company. company yeah. Is this a, is there some type are of pyramid shape get, I can Are you join? going to get as a result of selling all of these boxes? Will you be getting 
a stuffed bear. A stuffed teddy bear with a little baby stuffed teddy bear. Will you recognize the ROI on this is not good and change your endeavors to selling something different? Yeah. Do you understand the P&L here is you're not really going to come out on top. Yeah. Also... Shortbread cookies are great. They are good. They're fine, but they grow they're not you. the ones that yeah. people are like, because peop- there's divisive ones like Caramel Delights, mm-hmm. divisive. Then you have everyone likes Thin Mints, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have other. Yep. No. Well, peanut, peanut, butter peanut, peanut butter patties are always yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And then there's the argument of, do you have them frozen or do you have them warm? Min- the lemon yes. ones. Lemon ones are really Ugh. good. And see, that's a shortbread with a lemon. And the, right. those I are see. sneaker ones because I never think to get them because no. I'm always going to get caramel delights. I'm always going to get thin mints and I'm always going to get the peanut butter ones. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I've already spent mm-hmm. $15, uh, probably hundreds of dollars at this point Which, with how many I'm getting. Can we talk about that? It is $5 a box, maybe seven now, but it was, it's, it's like seven. $5 it's a five box. Bucks. Yeah. You're getting a, an ass load of cookies so for the cookies. same amount as this bag of... I don't want to say it's a bag of crap because they taste fine. I would never say crap. It's <laughs> corn. It's corn. <laughs> it's delicious. But I it's never say crap. That's what also fucking bothers me about it because popcorn is arguably one of the cheapest fucking yeah. things you could sell. And cookies... The ROI on those cookies, if you're thinking of them, like they're spending more on ingredients, way more than these motherfuckers with their caramel popcorn. Yeah. It's like I can't be mad at them, though, because they're trying because they're never going to compete. They're never going to. You know what? If they sold like Boy Scout brand, like Swiss Army knives or something like that, I bet. But you you don't get them every year. You have to do a consumable. Yeah. Little fire starting kits would be a good idea. Mm hmm. I start fires constantly, so I would need them, you know. Or even, like, cute little bandana. I don't know, something. They could sell me their patches. Yeah, that, too. That would be funny. (laughs) You come up, and they're like, do you want to buy some popcorn? I'm like, what's that patch you got there? Yeah. Oh, it's my it's my tent building patch. I'm like, give it to me. Go earn another. I'll give you thirty dollars for that one patch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're like, well, that's only two bags of popcorn. (laughs) So maybe (laughs) two. Yeah, like you got me. Good job. Two bags of popcorn. (laughs) Shit's expensive. Mm. Yeah, I couldn't back away. I mean, I don't. John was we're like, gonna have to take this off the table I'm, if you're gonna yeah. okay. to behave myself. Don't when take I, it now. Okay, I'm grabbing you, some. Okay, get get your last piece of it. I'm pretty good at avoiding these kinds of things. I'm very unapproachable. Yeah. Yeah. Like they don't. I'm not the person that they try to like wave down for almost almost anything. If I'm walking and like Greenpeace people are on the street waiting for signatures, they don't even make eye contact with me. They're like, nah. I was just there. I do it. I'm like, oh, I'm already part of it. Oh, Odds yeah. are also that I have donated to it because I'm a donating bitch. You're a sucker. Mm-hmm. Well, no, but like, oh, like, per- like purposely. I donate to Lilith Fund. I donate to NAACP. Like, I do it. So I just, yeah, <laughs> You're say it to be everybody. So mad at yourself for how much talking and chewing you were just doing yum, at yum, the yum, same yum. time. Um, we walked by somebody in Philadelphia, and she was like. Hey, do you have a second to, and uh, we were both like, we have to, like, we're running a very quick errand or whatever, like, so sorry. And she was like, are y'all lost? Do you need help finding where you're going? And we were both like, we are, but we're going to Yeah. Like, mm, you can't help me as much as Google Maps have. Now you're nice. No. Now I'm going to get fired because I want to help with whatever local cause this is. We're not your target audience here. 
that's another thing because since we've been traveling more and on all of the touristy areas there's always people like that and i just won't engage brandon will and he'll be like oh we're not we're not from here and they're like okay never mind 90 mm-hmm. percent <laughs> of the time so and i see alive there's always fucking people down on that corner yep. at the willow Out statue because street. everybody walks down there yep. aclive is directly across from the um city of austin like why can't i think of it what is that building the city hall city, city hall, hall yes yeah. jesus oh. yeah they have 80 cent where diet the coke city there. council goes <laughs> they have the 86 cent diet coke. coke in a can i used to go there solely to like buy diet cokes would change you have to go through a metal detector but it's worth was it worth it 100 percent um it's <laughs> like were we're they, but they were cold yeah they were cold they you were have to delicious. leave them out for a couple of hours and you know who Fine. goes and buys those motherfuckers nobody no one ever goes into the city so they're also vintage yeah mm-hmm. who knows how long Perfect. they've been in there I'll, i hope a long time yeah i hope like an aged diet coke mm. an aged mm. warm yeah, yeah. Yeah. Diet Coke. Aged in this aluminum can yeah. for 20 <laughs> yes. years. Your mother could have drank it. Mm-hmm. And it's like delicious. Yeah. Should we start? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. We've been talking too long. I told you this is going to be a long and it's true. Maybe it won't be. Honestly, I feel like my story is not that, that long. It can go as long as we need it uh, to. Okay. Who wants to give first? Did you introduce, introduce Intr- the podcast? I didn't introduce nobody. You're listening to Weird Brunch. But you probably knew that already. <laughs> That's oh. Whitney. The, sh- <laughs> the shark. <laughs> I'm losing my shit. I, I'm not high. And I've had two sips of this, like, very light cider. So this is just high so on life So this is just shit. high on life yeah. for me. I'm Lisa Friedrich. I'm, I'm Haley Lamont. And I'm Whitney Lamont. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's losing her mind. <laughs> That's me. Yep. She's wearing sunglasses. Dead lady sunglasses. Dead lady I'm sunglasses. really into them. Your hair looks less chunk. Yeah. What'd you do? Um, Did you I, wash it? I washed it. I mm. gave it a little a little curl at the end. It's better. I'm getting, I don't know. It doesn't look like straw it's as not much as, anymore. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks, Haley. It doesn't look it's like a, a four-year-old drew hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god mm. that's fucking funny thank you yes yeah. i washed it it's very good it's not like i straightened it as hard as i could so you y'all did. could see the chonkiness yeah. of it it's back to normal and i did what i normally you know like have my leave-in conditioner and i'm like the special fucking shit in it okay it looks so all right <laughs> it's acceptable it sort acceptable. of yeah not a four-year-old's version of hair. <laughs> Can I get some of that lick later? Lick? <laughs> Leave-in conditioner. Yeah. I'll, okay, I was like, wait, what? Where are we going? Yeah, what's, what is this? <laughs> For sure. It came out like I wanted it to I, sound I dumb, get what you were doing. But it came out way worse than I imagined. Even more <clears throat> dumb. Um, Dumber? Who has the dumbest story? Mine's pretty dumb. You want to go first? Wait, are y'all's dumb too? I'm still writing mine, so please okay. go for okay. it. I'll go first. Go. It's been a bit. All right. This is going to be fun. I'm excited. <laughs> and I'm pretty... I don't think we've ever done this. Okay. I've done, though, pest-related stories before. Mm-hmm. Like sex pest or like... No, bug. like invasive things, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't necessarily invasive, but I did actually just recently do tumbleweed. The, the tumbleweed. Yep. But I've also Plant done pest. the uh, four species one that they tried to do in China that eliminated like 
sparrows, rats, mm-hmm, flies, mm-hmm, and mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. It's just bad. Just don't don't fuck with nature, right? So these people fucked with nature. Just and they I'm found sorry, out before you get into it. You're gonna leave these sunglasses on. Oh yeah, okay. I'm leaving my sunglasses. They're on. kind of they're not so outdoory sunglasses yeah, that I'm like offended. And we are in the sunroom. We are in the sunroom. But it makes me want to put my very outdoor do we all want to put our sunglasses on? Is like the day we all wore berets. You know, well, when me and you wore berets, yeah, and Lisa didn't. I've always been adopted. I get <laughs> it. Um, I was born this way. Well, well it's you also fitting you were for, for my story because this takes place in Australia. Oh, is where this about everyone has to? Don't spoil anything. I don't know if you're gonna. But shut up. I don't know if you can. I don't know if you're gonna, but... Sh- I don't know if you're smart enough to try. But that's okay. why I'm gonna keep my sunglasses on. Okay. Tell us your story, Whitney. Haley, stop it. What? I hate your stupid forehead. That's fine. I'm jealous I of can't. It. I can't emote back I'm to you how that makes it. me feel, unfortunately. <laughs> that's how... That's I did do a TikTok related to this that got many, many views. Did it? It got 110,000 views. How have I not? Maybe I did see it. I'll have to go look at it later. Okay. So we're in Western Australia. The year is 1932. World War II is over. No, no, it's not. not. No, sorry. (laughs) It's not started. No, yeah. 1932. World War II started in 1939. World War I was over. Oh, sorry. I meant to say World War I. I just totally fucked my brain it's okay it's okay it's the glasses are giving yeah, you dementia glasses. starting to <laughs> deteriorate mentally allergic. oh my god is it like an rl stein mask situation oh, i can't ever Stop. take it off oh that. no okay so following world war one <laughs> apologies large numbers of discharged veterans who oh. had served were given land by the australian <laughs> government to take up farming in western australia and other agriculture agriculturally marginal areas the great depression started in 1929 farmers are being encouraged to increase wheat crops wheat wheat crops with the government promising to assist them with the subsidies Mm, they didn't do that in spite of recommendations and promised subsidies the wheat prices are falling everybody's you know, I guess it's Great Depression. Everyone's doing wheat now, right? Mm-hmm. Demand is it's very hot low. right now. Yeah, like it's they got too much wheat going on, and the government's like, <laughs> never mind that. So these ex-army people—I don't know if that's the way I should say it. Yeah, they're civilians now. Yeah, they've you know they've farmed this land. It's chopped down. It's easy, you know, open fields, right? Mm-hmm. In Australia, in that part. There is a native, formerly protected at the time, animal called an emu. Hey. Y'all know what emus I've are, I've seen right? an emu. Mm-hmm. You've seen an emu. I don't know anyone do who doesn't know them. Do you think prettier than ostriches? Or do you think ostriches are I think prettier than emus? I think they are both not pretty. They're both pretty ugly to me. Yeah. I was trying to glass half full this shit. Okay, let me. I haven't looked at them side by side. I do have an opinion, but it's not a strong one. I just have. Okay, I'm gonna go ostrich is prettier. Hmm. I think they look too similar. Hmm. No, like an emu is more like someone. It's got a shorter neck. Bird blindness well, over here. 
but like ostrich is too different ostriches colors. are just more plumy yeah they got the white things at the back also if faces. i was gonna have a boa ostrich feather is probably gonna be nicer than That's emu true. feather so an os or an emu is a gigantic fucking bird right in this part of australia they migrate regularly for breeding season heading from the coast to inland regions i don't know if you want to call it a family this whatever gathering of emus is 20,000 strong so that's a fuck ton of emus mm. and the emus come to where they like usually hang out and they're like holy shit this is so much easier to get to because all the land has been cleared and mm. look they have these very convenient like easy to eat plants growing everywhere this is awesome for us the emus are all up in the farmers territory uh, particularly the lands around chandler and walgulin <laughs> is this so this is west western Central. australia yeah inland, west australia. inland yes so the emus are eating all the crops they're spoiling ones by breaking them too they leave large gaps in the fences and rabbit that allows for like rabbits and other pests to get through now also. So it's really fucking up the farmers and the farmers are like, y'all we're already poor. It's already the fucking depression. We're ex soldiers. You told us to, to mine, to farm all this fucking wheat. We got nothing going on here. We need someone to at least come and help us with this emu problem. And they meet with the minister of defense. The ex-soldiers are like, why don't, is there a way that we can get some like machine guns and just like mow some of these yeah. motherfuckers down? And they're like, um, I mean, I guess. The thing though is that we want it to be operated by active military personnel. We're not just going to give you a bunch of machine guns to go mow down these emus. And they're well, like, then fuck that. Right. What are we doing? They're like, that's fine. We don't care. We just want this emu problem taken care of. The Western Australian government is like, okay, well, if y'all provide food accommodation and payment for ammunition, which seems fucked, we'll send out some things. They're going to send out a deployment on the grounds that the birds will make good target practice. And it's not wrong. it'll help these farmers out. So military involvement with the emus is set to start in October 1830, or 1932. This war on the emus is conducted under the command of Major G.P.W. Meredith. I thought you were going to say a lot more letters. Yeah. You just spell out an actual name. Yeah. Who was in the 7th Heavy Battery of the Royal Australian Artillery. This is why Australians have the accents they have. They're like, just say it. Just say it as fast. Yeah, just kind of marble mouth it together. Major Meredith is given 10,000 rounds of ammunition and two Lewis guns and some people to go operate these things. And they're like, all right, we're going to go out. It gets delayed by a bunch of rainfall, and this scatters the emus over more area than they were before. The rain stops by November 2nd, which seems like a very long time, and the troops are then deployed to go help these farmers out. And they were their goal is to collect 100 emu skins, minimum. The dream. Because they, they want to use them. What was the emu's goal? They want to <laughs> use them to make hats. The first attempt of the Great Emu War. November 2nd, they go to Campion. There's 50 emus that have been sighted in an area. And the birds are like, what's up? 
the settlers are on the side watching. They're like, this is going to be great. They start firing at the emus. Nothing happens because they were too far away from the emus to shoot them effectively. And it also scatters the birds because they're like, "Ah!" and they run off like emus. So nothing really works there. They try to gather them and like herd them somewhere to try again. Really doesn't work at all either. And they say maybe perhaps a dozen birds were killed, which mm, we don't know about that. Mm. The next significant attempt on the lives of these 20,000 emus, November 4th, Meredith establishes an ambush near a local dam where a reported more than 1,000 emus had been spotted and they were heading towards their direction. The gunners wait until they're a little bit closer. Hold your fire till we see the whites they're in their emu eyes. eyes. Yeah. Um, they don't really have They have kind of like their, it's beady. Yeah, they're beady. They are and they're red. Their eyes are like red. They got peanut heads. They do. Very <laughs> hard. Get out of here. Very hard head. targets. So they start shooting and then the gun the gun jams. They kill about 12 of a thousand. thousand and they scatter again yeah and no more birds are sighted that day they fast they are they're they're really fast they're all they're feathered. dinosaurs yeah so skinny leg thin yeah, neck pea head. head yeah <laughs> flying oh, dinosaur so meredith is like motherfucker they head further south where the birds were supposedly a little more tame which seems even more sad yeah Somebody probably named a couple of them. Oh, God. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I hate it. They've been hand-feeding them wheat. So they're down south, and they're still experiencing very, very limited success. And by the fourth day of the campaign, the Army observers note that, quote, each pack seems to have its own leader now. A big black plumed oh bird, which stands fully six feet high and keeps watch while his mates carry out their work and destruction and warns of our approach. And one stage, Meredith even went so far as to mount one of the guns on a truck, which <laughs> proved fully ineffective as the truck was unable to gain on the birds and the ride was so rough that the gunner couldn't fire any shots. So... They have armies of emus. To have to mount it an on an no, emu. I yeah. know. <laughs> I just like the idea of like, he's like, nah, man, they're just sucking eggs at this. And like, they're just goddamn smart birds, they are you guys. smart birds. <laughs> Animals are smart. By November 8th, six days after the first engagement, 2,500 rounds of ammunition had been fired. And the number of birds that were killed was uncertain, but people estimated at around 50 birds. How many casualties on the uh, human side? No casualties casualties on the human side. So this is some conscious objectors of the... Yeah. So summarizing this, ornithologist Dominic Severinti commented... The machine gunners' dreams of point-blank fire into the serried masses of emus were soon disappointed. The emu command had evidently ordered guerrilla tactics, and its Stop. unwieldy army soon split up they into learned from the gorillas? small units made use of military, made, that made the use of military equipment uneconomic. The crestfallen field force, therefore, withdrew from the combat area after about a month. This is like CJ writing about an anthill. Yes. In our backyard. Yes. Some shit. On November 8th, 
Members of the Australian House of Representatives discussed the operation because it had also been heavily criticized in local media coverage and included that because only a few emus died, they were going to withdraw their military presence and guns. Although the military withdraws, the emu attacks on the crops are continuing. Farmers are fucking pissed. They again ask for support, citing the hot weather, drought, all of that is what's bringing the emus plus their farming. The Prime Minister of Western Australia lent his strong support to the renewal of the military resistance. And at the same time, a report from base commander was issued that the indicated 300, they claimed 300 had been killed, but it was actually more like 50. So acting on this report, they go back in and they're like, okay, we're going to re-up this. He defends this decision in the Senate, says there's a serious agricultural problem and the large emu population. They're like, fine, whatever. They go back on the field November 13th, 1932. The military has a little bit more success over the first two days. They kill about 40. November 15th proves less successful. By December 2nd, the soldiers were claiming to kill approximately 100 emus per week. On December 10th, Meredith is recalled. By that point, they're saying they killed almost 1,000 emus with about 10 rounds per confirmed kill. And then Meredith claimed the 2,500 wounded birds also probably (gasps) died thereafter from the injuries they sustained, which is such a bummer. All of it's being criticized and people weren't chill with it. Despite all the problems that occurred with the cull of the emu, the region just kept getting attacked over and over again. Farmers asked for military assistance in 1934, 1943, and 1948. And the government all those times was like, no, sorry, bitch. They did create a bounty system that resulted in 57,034 bounties claimed over a six-month period in 1934. 57,000 or 5,700? Thousand. Dang. So that's a lot of emus. Why didn't they just arm the 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 farmers? I think that's what it was because the farmers were like, come do this. And they were like, we'll come do it, but we'll only do it if, if it's we're doing we're it. Doing it. And, and so if we can make money. Yeah, if we can make Because now we're trying to make hats, right? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess. But then that's what the bounty system is, theoretically, that the farmers could collect on whatever they would kill. But but also they're mean. Yeah. Absolutely. We've got talents. I'm assuming you're talking about the emus, not the farmers. The yeah, not the farmers. The they farmers aren't mean, but the definitely this Meredith. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it was his job, I guess. Yeah, but like some of what he was writing is like so crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. Like of the what times. lens are you looking? Yeah. yeah, but even then, no, it's, it's gross. Like, it's gross and bad. You're you're calling these birds military you're using military language to describe these birds mm-hmm. is this to justify it it's to or make is him this feel less you bad are a little off yeah sir probably a little off emus are still mostly okay at least they're not super endangered in australia as far as i know yeah is this a persistent problem or did they are finally eventually die off with endangered. like a like I naturally would think that after kind of the great depression and maybe like that drought and dust bowl and whatever they it all had to go into away. cities to get jobs mm-hmm. yeah uh emus conversation com- current conservation status is least concerned 
currently. <laughs> so they're fine. There are, there are still 625,000 to 725,000 currently in the world. Oh, I thought you were going to say in Australia. I'm like, that seems like a lot. I mean, it seems like the job was incomplete. Yeah. Right. Maybe you should go back and try it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's the great emu war. There's been books written about it. There was a musical adaptation. I would love to see. I would love to see see that. I think Lee Michelle would be in it. It was put on in Melbourne. And then I haven't seen anything about this, but a movie retelling of the events written by John Cleese. That oh, tracks, yeah, is slated for release in 2022, and that's I wonder if fun. that's happening because so, we're yeah. pretty close to the end of 2022 in movie terms. Maybe it's straight to DVD situation. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. I trust John oh, yeah. Cleese to write that, something, something about like that. that yeah, but I trust him with my life. I know. He seems like just a sweet he man. Does. Yeah. I've definitely heard of the emu war before, and always in a jocular way like yeah. it's always the punchline of something it is funny yeah it is funny it is like it's also sad but, it's you know, sad funny. for the emus but only kind of because they really did they dominate s- they won the war they yeah that you know it's it is an emu victory at the end of the day yeah and if, i appreciate if that. at the end of all of their campaigns against the emu only a thousand of them of 22 that casualty rate is real low yeah that's not bad emus man yep Sorry. you know there's a cockatoo battle going on right now in austin Texas. in australia oh in australia over dumpsters and garbage garbage Fuck bins yeah. that's amazing i started to read into that one is like a maybe for today uh-huh. i wish i had yes. but it was pretty sh- short because it's ongoing mm-hmm. we don't have any real resolution or outcomes at well the it's moment. something you look forward to in the future it's true yeah. if you look at an ostrich side by side with an email they're so much prettier even in the face Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm looking at it right now. Especially in Fantasia. Yes. We should talk about it. Well, oh, the eyelashes. eyelashes. They that. do have yeah. eyelashes. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. looking at them. And their eyes are like I'm looking at brown. And the emu has like red orange fucking eyes and like is just scary. Do you I follow think- Useless Farm on TikTok? Oh no! She's a lady, and she just has a small farm, and she has two emus. Oh yes, and What's one of them's his name? named Karen. Uh, that all oh, the one, and she's like <laughs> that Whoa. always attacks, and it makes that like that like clicking guttural noise because yes, they don't the have vocal cords. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> yeah, it's very scary. And she's just she always just has, like Ugh. she basically just like talks to the hand. Yeah. It, and, it, and it, it stops. Yeah, it's very interesting. That's you know that's probably where they got the idea for the new Jurassic Parks with Chris Pratt Stop. just holding just up his down. stupid. Yeah. Calm down, not? you little dinosaurs! Oh, you better stop being bad boys. Those aren't new. But did you see? There's an extended version Why on Peacock. Why would anyone want to see that? I was like, oh, good, more of it. That movie was. John and I went to the new one because he had a screen mm-hmm. for it, and it was just. I mean, so it's a, bad. It's a fun thing to watch high, but it's so long that like halfway through, you're like, well, I'm no, not even high sobering anymore. up and now it's getting fun. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. I just don't have a desire to see pretty much anything Chris Pratt is in at this point. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. And it, it is a commentary so on him, but also a commentary on the types of movies that he's mm-hmm. in as well. I like the first Guardians of the Galaxy a lot. Yeah, it's great. And then and he's so good in uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah. It's funny. He's a bad yeah, person. Yeah, but then though. he was buff for too long. Yeah, and he then got hot. he went, started going to that, what is it, Hill Song? Did he start yeah. going yeah, to Hill Song? Yeah, he did. Yep. Now he's in the Schwarzenegger. He's married to Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and like left on a fa- Like all of Anna these Ferris things. Anna Ferris deserves better either way. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 
But like all of these things add up to like now I can't. It's like impacted how I see him on screen. Well, it's like cool. I won't see that movie. Yeah, yeah like, he's I also in. Like he's also doing the whole like weird. Oh, if Jim from The Office can do this, Andy from Parks and Rec can do right. it. Let's be novels that dads read yeah let's yeah, be those let's be stars of michael those. crichton yeah. wet dreams or whatever yeah hey. jack ryan what am michael i wrong crichton is a great writer i'm not i'm not saying he isn't i'm saying that there uh, there's a type the original type. jurassic park is one of my top movies of all time that's okay hey yeah, but that's okay. because everybody's horny for jeff goldblum yeah yeah he's and especially for, horny for himself for, which i respect uh, yeah uh Neil, what's his last name? That's his last name is Neil. The main guy, Sam Neil. Sam Neil, yeah. Who's and for the, Laura Dern, honestly. Um, oh yeah, no. You're not horny for. I am not Laura horny Dern? for. I don't not on the Dern train. I the Dern. I think the Dern. You're perfect. Perfect. Dern. You know, all women are beautiful. Oh, you think she's a horse face? Horse face. I mean, killer. she is. You can be a horse face and still be pretty. It's the way her jaw moves. I don't know how to explain it. Like it's too movable it's too she's a jaw actress <laughs> like you know mouth acting yes you're like Kira knightley infamous mouth actors actress she yeah. is a specifically lower jaw actress and you better i am just saying i couldn't do it i'm not an actor what about sam neil this way whatever it's kind of a plate face yeah it's also kind of nice that Newman gets eaten off the toilet. Yeah, it's amazing that he. Gets it's a great. Eaten. I love. I love Jurassic It is. It's just not one of my what favorite movies. What about the movies. grandpa? What You're about not grandpa? Hot for him? I'm always hot for grandpa. Because you, we've never had a grandpa. You just before, mean the guy so. who invented the park? Yeah. Yeah. You're referring to him as the grandpa. <laughs> the grandpa. <laughs> yeah. He is. He's the, the kid's oldest grandpa. person on the TV. I don't know show. about that. Mm-hmm. He is the kid's grandpa in that. Movie. Pretty sure that mosquito is the oldest person mm. on the TV. I don't want to go next. Okay, I can go next. Okay, bye. Go. Okay. Oh no. Oh god. <laughs> on April 15th, <laughs> 1912, I'm so mad. the maiden voyage of the Titanic <laughs> met its tragic end when it hit an iceberg off the coast of Newfoundland. <laughs> this is the biggest reveal. I can't believe this is happening. I'm crying. Yes. It's the, it's the shitty recording. Of the version. estimated 2,224 passengers on the crew aboard, more than 1,500 died, making it the deadliest sinking of a single ship up to that time. Okay. Keep going. The tragic, <laughs> the tragic lore of the doomed ship has persisted for the last hundred years or so and today I want to explore five conspiracy theories associated (laughs) with the sinking of the once thought unsinkable Titanic (laughs) did you time this? that was so good I didn't know what I was going to do for my intro and I was like well I can just play the song tears are rolling down Uh, Okay, so we're talking about Every 30-something-year-old woman's number one focus in life, the Titanic. Yes. Um, specifically, conspiracy theories associated with the Titanic. And let me tell you, there are lo- lots of them, and a you lot know, of them are very dumb. I don't think I've ever really looked into it, other than the way that people think it actually sank. Yeah. That's, that's more of like, did, yeah. it, did it actually break did in half? Break? Yeah. yeah. But they had kind of 2,000 witnesses. Well, not two. Well, not all of them, of them made died. it. Mm-hmm. Um, about 1,500 of them didn't. Okay, so. 
this is going to be very much like a watch mojo kind of listicle thing. So conspiracy number one, um, conspiracy number one, um, the ship was damned from the beginning. So they did jinx it by calling it unsinkable. Well, so first it's important to note that Titanic was constructed in Ireland in Belfast to be exact, by the shipbuilding firm Harland and Wolf. The conspiracy theory is that Catholic workers reacted in horror when the ship's whole number, whole H U L L, 390904 was unveiled. And that's because if you flip 390904 <laughs> upside down and read it backwards, it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna put real that quick, in the real quick. The Can you time. write that number out for me, Wait, real quick? What is it? First, well, I'm gonna have you write it backwards. So okay. it's four zero nine zero nine three. Now flip that around and tell me if it reads anything to you. Ibabo. <laughs> Ibabo. Um, I think it was. It's fine. I think I don't think I was supposed to do it backwards. But if you read it, it says no pope. <gasps> It says oh, yeah. no yep. Pope. Yeah, no pope. I can see it. Oh, so if you... Fl- Why did they even I get look it. at that? So, supposedly, the primarily Catholic workforce employed in the shipyard saw the blasphemous message in the whole number, obviously this being insi- assigned in bad faith by Protestants, and they were worried enough by it to stop working until management reassured them that the message was not intentional. <laughs> terrifying however this conspiracy is pretty easily debunked because the number 390904 was not assigned to the titanic as a whole number or any other type of number on the ship her official board and trade designation was 1031 428 and the yard number assigned to her by harland and wolf was 401 which most construction materials were stamped with Mm -hmm. right also, there would have been virtually no Catholic workers to call attention to or even care about this heretical whole number because in 1886, Protestant Harland and Wolf employees launched a coordinated company-wide attack on their Catholic co-workers, according to the book The Invention of Wh- the White Race. The result was an exodus of Catholic workers from the shipbuilder, which was Belfast's largest employer at the time. And by the time the 20th century started, Harlan and Wolf had a reputation for, ha- for having only Protestant employees. Interesting. Yeah. It's Ireland. It's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Ireland. It's, it's, no. got its, it's got its history. It does. So separate but like related, Harlan and Wolf were also blamed for using substandard materials to save money during construction of the, all, all three Titanic, Olympic, and Britannic. Um, even though there was like no limit on the budget to build the luxury liner, they still cut costs. And supposedly they used the wrong iron rivets or mechanical fasteners instead of steel rivets. And the theory is that the lower grade standard rivets were brittle in cold temperatures and popped off when the steamship hit the iceberg. They just popped off. They did. Mm-hmm. But I'll touch on that a little bit more later. So was the Titanic damned by God from the get go? Maybe Dang. by maybe, the Pope. Maybe, maybe, but probably not. No Pope. That seems a little... I think I figured out how to write it, but... Okay. We'll, we can post it. We'll put a pin in there. Yeah, for sure. Okay, conspiracy number two. A mummy's curse. Oh, no shit. According to this legend, the ancient mummified princess of Amun-Ra left a trail of death and misfortune across Europe in the early 1900s. It's just her period. Yeah, she's just, she's just <laughs> on one, right? After being excavated and removed we can just say stolen 
from Egypt by British people. Well, like, what if they were trying to get some DNA samples back in the in the 1900s? 1910s? Did they know yeah. what DNA was? Then? I mean, somebody. Somebody. They were just crossing. I think they were aware sprouts of DNA, but not as a concept. How to fucking get it. I don't think they were even washing their hands. I don't think they had germ theory at this point. They had poo hands. They had maybe had some poo hands. Okay, so one of the victims of the Titanic was a guy named William Stead, who was a British editor who, besides being the pioneer of, quote, new journalism, which paved the way for modern tabloid journalism in Great Britain, Mm -hmm. also subscribed to early 20th century spiritualism, which we all know about because it seems to come up in a third of the stories that we tell here. It's the foundation of society. For sure. It's the most important foundation of society, obviously. It kind of is the foundation of TikTok. Let's all be real. (laughs) Mm. seriously i have a lot of terror readers that come up and they're like this message is for you and i'm like probably not it's not probably not dna discovered 1953 Mm okay okay so william stead had spent the past several years claiming a cursed mummy was causing mysterious destruction and disaster across london in fact the night of the sinking of the titanic he had recalled the tale to his fellow dinner guests during their 11 course meal Sounds too many. Fabulous. No, that sounds fantastic. That's too many. I don't have the patience for that. I absolutely do. If I'm that rich, I have the patience for all that. You have up to six for me. Okay. Maybe seven. Well, I noticed that if I ever throw a lavish dinner party, I either invite you late or make you leave early. I'll see myself out, (laughs) Haley. I bring out the seventh. And it's like lobster tail and you're like, Mm -hmm. done. We tried to do a long, long time ago, we tried to do all the Hobbit remember and oh yeah but that's like none spread of us, out none of us we also real it. drunk the entire time it was that but also like we could do it now i bet but also like yeah you, and you watch like the director's planned. cut and shit too oh, that's the only version we watch we should redo that That'd we should i think we can do it's that it's just that yeah i think it's we just made the meals too big like everyone yeah, made their own little, kind of deal so yeah, it was like yeah. heavier than it should have been uh, anyways i okay. think we can workshop that and make it more we could do it okay anyways so the story of princess of amun ra went like this um this unlucky mummy was causing so much calamity including the death of all the men who excava- excavated her tomb financial ruin for any investor or sponsor of her journey to England and catastrophic injury to anyone who even assisted with her transport, right? So after the ship sank, a survivor recounted Stead's story to the New York world and the media picked it up. And then the Washington Post ran a story with this headline, Ghost of the Titanic, Vengeance of Hoodoo Mummy Followed Man Who Wrote Its History, which is like, that's not what hoodoo is. You're just pulling word. It doesn't matter. Do what? Remind me of the babe. Babe. What babe? The babe with the power. Anyways, uh, we're not finishing it. This included Stead's tell of the mummy's curse traveling throughout England. And then it added that the community of British art and museum professionals who had suffered the misfortune due to the possession of Princess Amun-Ra had opted to sell the mummy to an American archaeologist who then headed back to New York with its new asset aboard the Titanic. And indeed, it was the mummy's curse that caused the Titanic to sink. Yeah. Two questions. Mm -hmm. One, how did all that play out? And we're still like, but Christianity is the true religion. I can't tell you that. Two. That's lobbying efforts from. Yeah. yeah. I don't have the time to even investigate (laughs) it. Mm -hmm. Two, uh, you're about to tell us, but 
damn mummy up on the Titanic. So this has been pretty easily debunked because yeah. the ship's yeah, was, manifest did not have a mummy on yeah. board. And anytime you're, everyone insured all their shit, like getting on the also, ship. It was if just there part had of been it. a mummy on the Titanic, she would have been like the most they popular shown part her. of yeah. one of the most popular parts been, of the remembrance yeah. of the Titanic. So th- the ship's manifest did not list having a mummy on board. And the actual mummy in which the story is likely referring to, which is actually just the coffin lid, not a mummy of a prince, the priestess of Amun n- has never left the British Museum before and is still there today. Dummies. Yeah. It's possible that Stead's sensational tale linked the mummy's curse to Egyptian artifacts that survivor and hero, Margaret Brown, the unsinkable mm-hmm. Molly Brown, mm-hmm. actually had taken with her on the Titanic to deliver to a museum in Denver. So it's possible that these two stories got conflated together and became the that there was a mummy on board and then there was a curse and that it sank the Titanic. Okay. Yep. So that's number two. Conspiracy number three, the Germans. So mm. the theory comes from when the Titanic was discovered in 1985, like when they actually got down to it. The starboard, which is the right side, was embedded in the sand. And this was the side that had actually struck the iceberg. And it was discovered that six rivets, poorly made, poorly fashioned, mm-hmm. little cost-cutting rivets, had popped off. Not like popped off, but like popped off. Which exacerbated the damage caused by the iceberg, suggesting that shoddy workmanship led to this ship's demise, ultimately. However, this covered only a relatively small area of the starboard side, just about 12 square feet. And that's hardly enough to cause that the huge luxury liner to sink so quickly. But you know what could cause enough damage to rip a hole in the hull of a massive ship? A giant iceberg? A torpedo. Oh. Mm-hmm. So survivors testified, yes, that, so they did do like an investigation after all of this was said and done. So they testified to the U.S. Senate that the people on the ship never, a lot of people never felt any type of impact or hurt anything right. and were not right. even aware that a collision occurred, which would imply that this hitting of the iceberg might have been more of a minor incident. However, some reported hearing explosions from deep down in the hull of the Titanic after the collision had happened with the iceberg. That makes sense. Could okay. this, these been have been torpedoes launched by a German submarine? No, shit blows up under there. Well, another thing is a number of survivors who were lucky enough to make it to lifeboats, because we realized there's not very many people do, no. observed a searchlight in the distance, which they assumed to be the rescue vessel coming for them. The light had been attributed to the Californian, which was the ship that eventually did come over and start picking people up. But the ship's captain of the Californian, Stanley Lord, had actually paused their movement that night because they knew that icebergs were in the area. And several sailors on watch asserted that they witnessed an unidentified vessel approximately five miles away at 2 a.m. That would be between them and... The crashed the, cr- the crashed for the the Titanic. Was it the Californian and the Carpathian? The Carpathian's a submarine. So what? Stupid. Yeah. So well, it's, I, I know this because I'm reading it. Um, and then so that 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 light was not seen again. Ooh, that makes me nerd. Yeah. For the record, this was not the Carpathian, which arrived later mm. to rescue people. So it was during the night. The Carpathian wasn't even on its way because the Carpathian got like called in to come help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what the, the sailors on the Californian thought they saw a submarine come up, a searchlight go and look to see what damage it may have done and then go back on then whisk itself away. 
So it is possible that the mystery vessel could have been a German sub as their U-boat technology was highly perfected by this time and their subs were active in the North Atlantic by 1912. The sub may have deliberately targeted the luxury liner or possibly accidentally collided with it. It should be noted that a German U-boat did sink the famed Lusitania just three years later in 1915. Mm -hmm. So it's not, we don't really know what the motivation would be, but it did happen pretty soon after anyways in a similar kind of setting. The Carpathia was not a submarine. The the RMS Carpathia was a transatlantic passenger steamship. I believe you, but I interpreted it wrong. I just remember it from the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I was like, they could have taken liberty. I'll believe anything True. right now. True. Regardless, there is little additional evidence beside the survivors' reports and some speculative evidence from the site that the, of the sinking itself. But this theory cannot be justifiably proven nor debunked, though it is highly unlikely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel one, like I have heard that one. I like that one. That one's spooky. It seems more realistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's just not enough evidence one way or another. So. Yeah. Okay, so conspiracy number four, the old switcheroo. So originally, there were three White Star liner cruise ships, the Titanic, the Olympic, and the Britannic. Mm-hmm. Um, all built by Harlan and Wolf. they were designed to be the largest and most luxurious passenger ships at the time, and it was designed to give White Star an advantage in the transatlantic passenger trade. The trouble started when the Olympic, who, which is the Titanic's older sister, nearly identical ship, accidentally... It's me inhaling. It is, right. Well, accident, it, this is going to be a little uh, um, Echoes, then. Oh, is it? Oh, shit. Okay, we're going back to Echoes, echoes which damn. mom loved, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, that tracks that mom like it. The Olympic accidentally crashed into a warship in 1911. So on September 20th, 1911, while passing a military vessel called the Hawk, the Olympic made an unexpected turn, caught off guard, the two ships crashed into each other. The Olympic was found at fault for the accident and um, any associated injuries. And as a result, the White Star Line was unable to receive an insurance payout. So to replace and rebuild the ship, they had to pay fully out of pocket to do so and pay to help repair the other ship that they had crashed into in the book titanic the ship that never sank question mark question mark researcher robin gardner theorized that white star fixed up the olympic as best it could and presented it as the titanic by allowing the damaged ship to make the voyage as the titanic the company could collect the insurance payment when they eventually intentionally sunk the ship yeah now um gardner proposes that the plan was not to cause casualties but to have the sink the ship sink slowly caught and close and close to another ship so that could subsequently rescue the crew and the passengers with it and they get the they still get the insurance and nobody would die so what went wrong according to gardner the liner ended up accidentally running over a darkened rescue ship which was mistaken to be an iceberg yeah. Um, other oh. similar conspiracy okay. theorists who also believe the Olympic had been switched for the Titanic contended that the intent was to sink the ship closer to its destination port, either by explosion or other sabotage, but just happened to crash into the iceberg by accident and it caused the same desired mm-hmm. end, mm-hmm. but with like a bunch of people dying. I've never thought of this before, but 
did they identify the iceberg that sunk the Titanic? Yes. They did? Yes. Okay. I almost actually did a story on yeah. the story on of the, the actual iceberg. iceberg. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, what's she up to? We don't talk about like her. She's probably melted, to be number honest. Number one iconic iceberg, really. Mm-hmm. Do you have a little bit of insight on that? Um, it was mostly talking about, like, the, it traced it back to where it fell. Mm. Uh, like, what it fell off of and where like its journey to there not necessarily what What happens what's she doing now yeah okay so this theory is a very dumb theory and um can easily be debunked though the olympic and the titanic were very similar they were not identical we have accurate schematics of both ships and it's pretty obvious that the ship at the bottom of the ocean is the titanic just by looking at the layout alone and also the titanic bore the construction number 401 which can be seen still on parts of the Titanic to this day. And the Olympics construction number on the other hand was 400 Mm -hmm. because she was older and there are no marks of 400 on the existing Titanic at the bottom of the ocean. Not anymore. Not anymore. They could have just gone down Mm -hmm. there and scrubbed it Mm -hmm. off, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. So um, British historian Gareth Russell for his part calls the theory quote. I I have to read this quote because it's just funny. Um, so painfully ridiculous that one can only lament the thousands of trees which lost their lives to provide the paper on which it has been articulated. <laughs> These are some dramatic men we're yeah, quoting. He's a today. dick about it. It's real funny. He also like notes that. since the sister ship had significant interior architectural and design differences, switching them secretly in a week would be nearly impossible from a practical standpoint. A switch would also not be economically worthwhile since the ship's owners damaged the ship while docked, for instance, by setting a fire and collecting the insurance money from that, quote, accident, which would have been far less severe and infinitely less stupid than <laughs> sailing her out into the middle of the Atlantic with thousands of people, their luggage on board and ramming her into an iceberg. Uh, I and love like, it. You're right. Damn. Yes. Just read that to Phil. Yeah, he's I not mean, as happy they about should, it. People who, yes, they should be read to filth for this. Oh no, she I wrote a whole so. book I mean, about, about this it. very I think dumb being idea. Skeptical and funny about it is one thing, but yeah, I will agree with that. So I love being skeptical and funny about a conspiracy yeah, theory. Of love it, love it, love it, love it. But then QAnon yeah. really took that oh away God. from me. What a wonderful lead yep. into conspiracy number three. Oh, shit. Conspiracy number three is eliminate the opposition to the creation of the Federal Reserve Bank. What? <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. This theory popped up on Reddit really a couple of years ago um, before QAnon was like QAnon in 2018. Right. When it was just QAnon. Mm-hmm. Yep. When it was just Reddit. It, it was, was just 4chan. 4chan and Reddit. Yep. So there's a theory out there that JP Morgan sank the Titanic in order to pave the way for the establishment of the Federal Reserve Bank in the United States. The bank's creation was reportedly opposed by millionaire John Jacob Astor, mining magnate Benjamin Guggenheim, and Macy's co-owner Isidore Strauss. These three wealthy men do, did indeed lose their lives yeah. when the Titanic sank. Astor was last. These are sad. Okay, Astor was last seen clinging to the side of a raft. Guggenheim, whose body was never recovered, was last heard saying, "We've dressed up in our best and are prepared to go down like gentlemen." And Strauss, it. Yeah. <laughs> and Strauss died alongside his wife, Ida, who refused to leave her husband's side as the ship sank. Sad. <laughs> and I'm sure James Cameron portrayed all of those very in the background of the Titanic. I can't think about the it. Starting I'm to starting to cry. Regret. 
your glasses are not hiding your emotions, Whitney. I mean, that one quote that he said, that's in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Whitney, I'm collect not yourself. I'm not going to cry about the Titanic today. Okay, well, my whole am. goal was to make I you cry about the Titanic. Am. Okay, so conspiracy theories suggest that J.P. Morgan, who set up the investment banking firm that still bears his name and has most of my money, arranged to have the men board the ship and then sink her to eliminate them. Morgan, nicknamed the Napoleon of Wall Street, okay, okay, hmm. had helped create General Electric, U.S. Steel, and International Harvester, and was credited almost single-handedly saving the U.S. banking system during the Panic of 1907, which was a financial crisis that took Blake place in the United States over a three-week period starting in mid-October 1907, when the New York Stock Exchange fell almost 50% from its peak the previous year. The panic may have destroyed the economy if it hadn't been for J.P. Morgan, who pledged large sums of his own money and convinced other New York bankers to do the same to shore up the banking system. So this is what the Federal Reserve System eventually kind of did, mm-hmm. was it shored up our banks. Morgan did have a hand in creation of the Federal Reserve and owned International Mercantile Marine, which owned White Star Line and thus owned the Titanic. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Morgan, who had attended the Titanic's launching in 1911, had a personal suite on the ship with his own private promenade deck and a bath equipped with a special designated cigar holder. He was reportedly booked on the ship's maiden voyage, but instead canceled the trip and remained in the French resort of Aix-les-Bains to enjoy his morning massages and sulfur baths and also buy art before some of the laws were changed about how you can import art back to the United States and hang out with his mistress. But, you know, what are you going to do? His last-minute cancellation has fueled speculation among conspiracy theorists. Mm -hmm. Sketchy. Can I ask a real quick question? Did you put these things on the floor? No. I did. Whitney did. (laughs) I did Do you think a ghost did it? While I was searching for my phone. It looked ghostly. Yeah. Please continue. Okay. (laughs) So what reason would Morgan have to allegedly sink his own ship? Conspiracy series conspiracy theorists say in the interest of clearing away opposition to the federal reserve bank morgan somehow manipulated all of his rivals into sailing on the maiden voyage so then he could sink it there Uh is no evidence that these three men were against morgan's centralized banking ideas researchers have been unable to find any documentation that any of the three men opposed the idea of the federal reserve in fact a washington post investigation found that while Astor and Guggenheim did not take a public stance on the matter, Strauss reportedly spoke in favor of the proposal. So the actual act of sinking being intentional, like referenced back in previous conspiracies, like how he was going to do it was either to sabotage the hull or maybe J.P. Morgan was going to hire a sub to torpedo the ship. Maybe he paid off the captain to steer directly into an iceberg. But it's all very dumb because hundreds of people would have to be involved to pull that off. And dozens of people would have to be like intentionally martyr themselves to JP Morgan. Right. <laughs> all to create a centralized banking system. Yeah. So very unlikely. Those are all five of my conspiracy theories about the Titanic. So good. <laughs> when you can cry now to this specifically. <laughs> What they did, don't know the exact iceberg that did it. They have suspect icebergs. There's oh, like most icebergs are suspect. Pictures of different icebergs and one iceberg that had ship paint on it. 
because something had clearly run into it. But supposedly the iceberg that the Titanic hit, lots like big chunks of the iceberg itself were knocked off. And the one that has the paint on it did not have chunks knocked off. Mm. So there, that spot in the Atlantic is a place where there are lots of yeah. icebergs. So the actual one, there's lots of susses, nothing identified as for sure. And I assume <laughs> at when this he's point just you fact can't. checking us, I kind of appreciate it. Well, well I was at, curious because yeah. I was like, I need to see this bitch's face. <laughs> this is Yolanda for me. Okay. This is the stingray that killed what's his face. <laughs> yeah. Can we identify <laughs> the stingray, stingray that killed fucking Steve Irwin? Steve Irwin. You'll yes. know it when you see it. Man. I know. But okay, uh, but it was one particular iceberg that fell in the summer of 1909 that would drift towards infamy. So they know when it. How do they know it fell in? Do they track them? Like I, I have, we're not icebergologists. Big enough to dwarf the Colosseum in Rome and all the pyramids. Personally, I think the mummy did it. All of it is believed to. Nothing is concrete. Only uh, thing in this world is concrete because it's not a real word. Is the. On April the 14th. Three, the three-year-old chunk of ice had... The three-year-old chunk of ice had just weeks to live when it hit the cruise ship. Had, what that's that even a mean? very, very weird Y'all, this is smithsonian.com. I believe you. And I want to see it because... So I will say this. There is so, so much Titanic stuff out there that somebody could do an entire story on just the iceberg, probably. True. Yeah. Do you have Apple News? No. Okay, well, I'll send this to you later. All right. It doesn't provide more information than what I just said, probably, but also we all know that I'm... That you're right? I'm a browser. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Y'all ever been to a theme park? Yes. Yeah, not in a very long With time. With you. Yeah. You know how like, w- but like when you were a teenager and you were like, why do I want to flirt with a boy Every, yes. or a girl? I was about to say, you try, you like pass people. You have yeah. your like theme park, yeah. th- theme park, like. Yeah. I had more of this more like ski trip. I mean that, but also like camping. You have to imagine like it's also one the of the only, boys. it's one of the times that you're around other people your age that you do not go to school with. They're new, that they're new too. ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh blood, fresh mm-hmm, meat. Mm-hmm. And then there's also like the 40-year-old managers of Spencer's Gifts who's like, you know, they're over here making mm-hmm. out and also kind of being weird when they... So like, why are theme parks so horny? <laughs> I mean, right? they really That's are. That's a great question. That's one of the TikTok themes <laughs> is like me at a theme park and the couple behind me and they're always like... Oh, it's out. each other. Like, it's like aggressive. Yeah. Is it the like tightly controlled fear of death because you're doing something that definitely jumps your cortisol levels up i mean it could be it could also be like it's history <laughs> tell us welcome about it. yes tell us <laughs> about weird bro how <laughs> fucking yeah turned on everybody is at a theme park mm-hmm. also wait is there a name for it like when you have to shit when you go into the library, no, you get it's horned just horny up. at a theme. When it's called horn. horny, <laughs> horny at a theme, theme park. park. Yeah, that's a Lana Del Rey album. Yeah, it is. <laughs> this is all from BBC Culture, an article from Kath Pound. Yeah, why are these people so horny? And this is my theory. Okay, I'm placing my horny, horny at a theme park theory uh-huh. on this article with Kath, with Kath, Kath with a C. My friend Kath. Okay. Yeah. You know, the British are crazy. 
Um, Why is her last name is Pound? Like, yeah, that's a very British name. It's a Cap British Pound. name, but it's also a horny name. Okay, but also, what if you <laughs> say it Pond? Because they love adding U's to shit. Yeah, that's a good point. How is British Pound spelled? It's Pound. They call them Pounds. Yeah. So, I don't think they'd pronounce it mm, Pond. I'd probably call them something stupider than that. Yeah. Pence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. Quid. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Shillings. Okay. <laughs> Tuppence. Tuppence? Tuppence. Yeah, Tuppence is good. So this is all predicated because happy birthday, Disneyland Paris, uh, turning 30 years old. She's younger than us. Um, Bitch. I know. So we want to talk about, we're going to trace this all the way back to what they call pleasure gardens. Okay. Huh. Okay. From Regency era England. Oh, because you got to walk around. The only time you can kind of touch each other. Things smell good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So everything at a pleasure garden and everything, you know, now uh, in an amusement park, theme park, it's really we want to escape reality. We want to go forget about everything that we have to do every day and just live in this dumb, dumb, crazy world where everything is fun and nice. Yeah. Um, the earliest amusement park is believed to be Dyer Shavabakan in Denmark. I'm proud. Don't laugh. I, I didn't. I you did. Actually, you did. Everyone she had a little. Everyone. I, I she's so about sad about the death, Titanic. Yeah, she was yeah. choking. Yeah, you were was, choking up at how good I did. I was yeah. the clamped. Mm-hmm. I thought it was yes. pretty good. Thank you. There was a natural spring discovered there in 1583, and we all know from previous stories, if you find a natural spring and it's before the internet, you had, you can make some good money yeah. that way. People are really into it. So this natural spring attracted large crowds, entertainers, and vendors, and like, okay, fine, you know, let's go look at this spring and I'll buy a, a, a fucking friendship bracelet. T-shirt. Hold yeah. On. Then... The London Pleasure Gardens really transformed the concept of going somewhere, traveling somewhere for mm-hmm. leisure. I love it. <laughs> These were environments that were serving fuck societal norms with like a heady mix of culture and fashion and vice. I mean, that sounds great. Yeah. The first pleasure garden was the Spring Garden in the founded in the 1630s bowls were really the only entertainment not the bowls you eat out of but like i believe it was throw this thing at these sticks and see how many of them fall that cool fucking awesome or like bocce that ball like thing. every game that's yeah <laughs> basically every game comes just, down it's to the that. basis of yeah all you, outdoor games you're yeah throwing something at something else and you're hoping it falls yeah 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 so pleasure gardens really took off in the 18th century. There were this was the peak of two of the greatest gardens, Vauxhall and Rainlach. Uh, Vauxhall, you have seen on that what's that porn show that moms like? Oh, Hi- Bridgerton. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of the different Highlander or whatever. Oh, I think there's a lot of porn shows that moms like. Yeah. There's just phases of it. Yeah. Vauxhall is like the head bitch in charge of these pleasure gardens. Home and abroad, there's like a variety of entertainments laid out in these really pleasingly arranged gardens. A lot of what I'm going to quote is from a historian, Jonathan Conlon. The public, quote, wanted a place with all of the sophistication and culture and crowds of a city, but with a kind of themed 
park pastoralism thrown in. Great. Here mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. So Bridgerton, Bridgerton highlights this ho shit accurately. Vauxhall is being the heart of the capital London's social scene. Vauxhall had an ornate salon, a picture gallery, a theater, a concert pavilion, a supper room, and a bar. Much more than nice. a spring. Uh-huh. <laughs> they also had these <laughs> supper boxes, which I found like interesting. Like a bento box? Like a... Kind of. Like- Okay, what's kind in it? of um well I don't know what's in it, but in the seventeen forties they were decorated with paintings. Most of them were by Francis Heyman from designs of Francis Heyman, Hubert Gravelot, and William Ho- Hogarth. I just wanted to mention that because it was the first place paintings of native native British artists were on display to the public. So Vauxhall gave like this platform on these supper boxes for That's local fun. artists yeah. yeah cute if you this is another quote but if you interacted with people inside of the gardens it was kind of like vegas what happens at vox hall stays oh in okay vox hall there were gravel walkways embellished with massive false perspectives so it created an impression of distance or transported the viewer to sites associated with like the antiquity or the grand tour so it was like cool. this you know so you're instead like of like the meow wolf but it's yes it's back in but it's shrubberies yes shrubberies. very exciting for the time i yeah. would go to it i think i could be I'd impressed right by now. a shrubbery if it was a nice already, shrubbery i go out and look at our backyard and front yard three times a day yeah, to see if new things have grown because i'm stupid yeah. you're <laughs> And I love it. I was about to say you're not stupid. I don't stupid, think that's related <laughs> to it. To I you being stupid. I just like to look. Yeah. <laughs> Whitney's the looker. I'm, I like to watch. Whitney Lamont. She liked to look. I went outside multiple times to test the Medusa that I put at our front what door. What do you mean test? She she lights up her eyes and her, oh. her Medusas move. Her snakes. Her Medusas. And did you notice that it was the thing that I tried to steal from the backyard last week? <laughs> I didn't. Damn it. Sorry. This is an aside, but Medusa is sitting on like a bird feeder yeah. holder without a top because the top, I guess, broke. It was here before we moved in. Mm-hmm. And I was I bought the hideous pumpkin face guy. That's also out front. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to put it out there. And John was like, no, (laughs) no, you can't put it out there. Why? she opened the door, had it in her hands and was just like, (laughs) I got busted. He was like, put it back in the backyard. (laughs) And I was like, no. And Lisa's just sitting here laughing. And I was like, but it's not as big as the other thing. And he was like, put it back. And then today I was, he was fixing the toilet handle and I was you like, snuck it through. <laughs> I was like, where I was, is it? I was at the front door <laughs> and he saw me and I was like, <laughs> caught again, but I left it out there anyway. Yeah. Good job. Let me stick it to the man. Yes. Thank you. Uh, mm. You would be great at making one of these gardens. Yeah. Um, Sneakily. Constantly sneaking. getting caught. <laughs> yeah. Why are you moving them? So these gardens, they truly came alive at night, dramatically lit by thousands of lamps. Fun. There were some fireworks, displays, things like that. And then masquerades serve the danger and intrigue. People are 
so horny for. Masquerades, there's no identity, no societal boundaries, like class or sex. Gender and sex, like, assignment. Feeling frisky? Go on a dark walk, is what they were called. I mean, this is all, like, Phantom of the Opera shit. Um, Yeah. I like it. It has, there's so many things that this was like, oh, it's like that. Oh, it's like Mm -hmm. that. Oh, it's like that. Areas were left unlit, planned, and they provided cover for fucking and sex work. All right. All right. All right. Oh, it's such a lovely night. Like, look at all these fireworks. Go. <laughs> Have you Uh, Yeah, when I came out here, they had some daisies, and it was actually (laughs) really lovely. But did you want to? What was that? (laughs) (laughs) Wow! I just maybe we should go back the other way. I just think that. (laughs) I don't. I think maybe we should go towards. I don't. (laughs) Yeah. Seems. Lonely. <laughs> this place is awesome. <laughs> I'm ar- I'm already there. All right. All right. <laughs> okay, I'm back. <laughs> Did I miss something? It sounded like something. No, we just got real horny like for weird. for gardens. Very weird. It's also creepy because you have your sunglasses on. You. I've been crying, pervert, yeah. the whole time. <laughs> It's funny because it's for crying. various reasons. Yeah. You're One crying. Was genuine <laughs> sadness about the Titanic, as usual. And now, and now it's I'm for morning. Yeah, I'm crying because everyone's horned I'm up because so of the weird horny. guy in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. Come back from something like this. Yeah. Turn it off. I, I think probably Spencer's turned it off by this point. I anyways. Hope so. <laughs> okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Another thing to <laughs> note. Okay. okay. All right. to note there was there wasn't necessarily a clear division this is another quote from <laughs> yes old conlin uh clear division between light walks and dart walks it was a question of how far you were prepared to go i mean that's what they say when you get to the orgy right yes <laughs> yeah it depends yeah. Uh, uh, you, you'll get assigned a room based mm-hmm. on how far do you want? Me to go? <laughs> I 
mean, <laughs> fuck. Probably based on height. Height difference, mm-hmm. more accurately. Mm-hmm. If a respectable young woman entered a dark walk, men they encounter along the way may have an assumption they wish to go further than they ever would, IRL, Mm. outside of the garden. Yeah, now. There's a Fanny Bunny novel from 1778, and Evelina... I think that's the name of it. I couldn't figure Fanny that out. Fanny Bunny? Is that the author? <clears throat> I don't know if that's the title or if the title is Evelina. But these dumb bitch sisters, the Brankton, Brankton family. Bridgerton. Close, though. They lead the way to these dark walks where everything is a nightmare only for that time. And all time before and since, right? Like, nobody wants to go on these dark walks. So, big, quote, shouldn't have been dressed that way vibes, Mm. if you will. Mm -hmm. Foreign visitors were blown away by the mingling of social classes. We had the poor people could talk to the rich folk. The French in the 18th century are constantly waiting for London to fall apart in a revolution. And yeah, Mm -hmm. they couldn't understand how like mixing social classes could bring stability rather than instability. Yeah. And then, however, that mixing was only accepted within the confines of the garden. Again, what happens at Vauxhall stays at Mm -hmm. Vauxhall. And yeah, just because you met someone at the gardens doesn't mean you can talk to them in real life. Yeah. Gardens anonymous. We, yeah. There's plenty Mm -hmm. of people I've hooked up with that I'm like, we don't. Don't Mm-mm. we don't need to acknowledge each other? Not worth All it. Who are you? Face. I will. Who are you to yep. people? Vanity Fair. Heard, heard of it? Yeah, the movie or the book, if you will. Or I the magazine? Read. No, not that <laughs> the one. Website? Mm-mm. No, just okay. the the two. Kirsten Dunst, but not the one where she's the queen. Got it. Becky Sharp is the titular well not titular but that's the main character she's in a garden with some civil servant she's like oh man you're gonna save my life from becoming a governess and then no it, it, like the sun comes up he's like he's like well, I don't, peace mm-mm. out no thanks out. and so there's all of these like warning tales of but it's also like mystery and intrigue and of course they had this whole romance before the sun came like yeah so it's you know it's one of those things they soon see imitators in england Vauxhall does uh and all around the world Vauxhall enters french dutch swedish german and russian languages mm. the so this is like the coolest club to go to basically it's like what's the 70s like studio 54 54. Oh, I'm thinking like the Swingers Club, not even Studio 64. 54. 54. Studio 69. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sex number. I don't know. What, the Bunny Club? No, it was like in New York Playboy? and it was called like, I'll look it up. I'll find it. Keep going. So the Parisian Pleasure Gardens was part of the Anglomania, which takes off after the astonishing defeat of the much larger and much powerful French in the Seven Years' War. This one included some curious additions, including cockfighting, which the French Mm -hmm. were like, this is like the most English thing we can put in here. And I'm like, is this a read or are you actually like, "Mm, let's talk about this. But also, I don't know what shit was like then. And so post the French Revolution, it became the center for royalist scheming and like the site Mm -hmm. for Bastille Day celebrations. So again, you have that like, 
back and forth of really cool good stuff and then like hmm sneaky shit the russian vauxhall described in crime and punishment is a sorry place quote a chorus of wretched singers and a drunken but exceedingly depressed german clown just wow that's the description in crime and punishment damn sorry did you are you upset there weren't more clowns kind of (laughs) I'm just so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you just want me to see this depressed clown. <laughs> oh my god. God. Uh, the hermitage in Moscow attracted top acts of the time. Uh, Houdini, Sarah Bernhardt. Uh, there were others that changed kind of the characterization of the pleasure garden throughout the day. So during the day, it was like family friendly. Maybe that clown's less depressed. Mm-hmm. And then at night, it's like a hedonistic fuck fest. Ho party. Yeah. Ho party. And mostly male clientele after 11 p.m. That was noted. Sure. Uh, Girls so are like, shockingly. we got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. No shit. Customers could reserve, and then this made me think of another film of dear, near and dear to my heart. Customers could reserve separate booths and invite performers to come hang out with them. Like Moulin Rouge. I was going to say, like, what are you? U.S. pleasure gardens like to think that they were a little bit more respectable. The main gardens in the U.S. operated between the Revolutionary War and the Civil War. The U.S. identity at that time was very fluid. It was, you know, we want to be a self-sufficient, self-sufficient agrarian. You know, we can feed ourselves, get well, the I hell out we of here. Mm-hmm. Just non-binary. Well, yeah, yeah. Of course we were. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. It was the past. It was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then there were others that were like, we want to be the most technologically advanced, like city dwelling. You know, like let's. The Silicon Valley bitches. Yeah, let's take down the Titanic for money. Absolutely. People, yeah. So the U.S. gardens played on that, and it was like, oh, you're in this, like, really cute pastoral garden in the city. I love that. What city are you talking about? (laughs) That seems like a Chicago thing. It was big cities, yeah. yeah. Egalitarian with the clientele, right? Because it's it's, uh, America. So we're like, men, women, sure, come on in. class we don't care if you can pay to get in yeah. you're exactly. welcome if you can pay the cover which is still how we do things when it comes to race They're, they were bitchy you know. yeah yeah most tr- some some tried but most were like mm, mm, mm. no thank you the u.s gardens kind of took on this patriotic vibe there was a line you know lots of fireworks fourth of july celebrations blah 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 there was a line between pleasure gardens and amusement parks and that starts to get blurred in scandinavia and european venues around the same time so turn of the 19th century will be the 1800s Wait. 20th century would be the 1900s yeah that one Victorian just area. say so from at the end of the 19 or 1800s it started to change. 17 to 18. 17 to 18. Yeah. Okay. So like later 1800s. Got it. Turn of the 20th century. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It's so it all, was from like 18 to 19. It's turning into the other. We got there. We got there. We got there. <coughs> Tivoli Park <laughs> in Copenhagen opened in 1841. So we're mid-19th century. Got it. Got it. I mean, I understand that. I, under- I don't understand. Well, you just go look at your plants. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> go tell me if anything's grown. 
I'm so glad I it rained it's growing yesterday. All the time. It's Look at this growing. <laughs> it's growing. Pollinating. Good. It's set, so Tivoli Park is said to have inspired Walt Disney. What? They started offering games of chance. Uh, they then added a switchback railway, a some dodgem cars. Is it like you dodge them? <laughs> that's just a car coming at you. Car drives straight at you. You're just on a road. Yeah, that's pretty much yeah. fine. Don't want to lose that one. Dodge. Yeah, and a wooden roller coaster. Fun. Vienna's Prater. It had a Ferris wheel, and then the original permanent amusement park is Coney Island. Hey. No shit. Yeah. So from 1897 to 1904, Coney Island created three. It had already been in existence as one of these pleasure gardens, but now it created three mini environments. They had Steeplechase Park, Luna Park, and Dreamland. And each had a different entrance, different pay. Like they were like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is a fully new idea to monetize. We're selling park hoppers. And also personalize the experience in a way. Different vibes, man. Different vibes. Luna Park, I thought this was fun. Luna Park had a ride called A Trip to the Moon. And it took folks above Niagara Falls. They could see Earth's curvature. No shit. And then they deposited them into grottos where they could visit the Man in the Moon's palace. And they all left with souvenir chunks of green cheese. That's kind of fun. That's fucking cool. Like, as you're talking about this, all I can think of is how fucking cool it would be to have that type of themed kind of like celestial shit. Like, dang. Yeah. It'd get taken over by steampunk. Fuck. Well, I mean, they're like, we just have to keep them out of there somehow. Everywhere I go, just overrun with steampunks. There's Tomorrowland and Disney. Yep. Retrofuturism. See? Which I. Do love, yeah, I do love that. Very fun, very nuclear holocaust vibe. Um, Very just cheeky nuclear Mm -hmm. holocaust vibe. Yeah. Uh, So at its peak for Coney Island, there were twenty thousand imitators across the U.S. and its peak happened before nineteen eleven. Wow, really Mm twenty thousand? That's how many emus were hanging out. (laughs) An emo for Uh, every park. (laughs) It'd be a good attraction. It was a single emu, yeah. Oh yeah, emu. But because of the short season, Memorial Day to Labor Day, we've got cheaper materials coming in. Dreamland burns to the ground in 1911. R.I.P. Taking Coney Island's peak Mm -hmm. away. In the 1920s, they're you know trying to rebuild, but there's less money. Uh, The attractions get very cheaper. Get like a lot cheaper where you're seeing like the bullshit come look at this shrunken head mm-hmm. thing yeah. and this pygmy right world's fattest pickle. woman yeah and then there's the great depression then there's world war ii and so these de- these parks be- be- begin to wither and then from that you emerge with like oh we have accessible travel everybody has a car every you know we can fly on planes now yeah, movies yeah. are around, TVs around, so amusement parks kind of get seen as tacky relics. And this was around the same time that Disney was like, "Hold up, we could do this right." I got an idea. And so, 
he financed the park against his own life insurance. I don't think I knew that. So if you lose out, do they just come kill you? Yeah. Okay. I've I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what's you're gonna what die gonna either lose? way? That's yeah, true. and he's gonna come back to life right one day. Now? So he's never died. Mm. <laughs> he's just cold. He's in stasis. Yep. So everybody obviously was like, "This is really dumb," but he was looking at it as an experience. So similar to these pleasure gardens plus these amusements, and I'm like, oh, "You smart fucker." So he's, you know, got extreme attention to details. He's like, hey, that railing over there, that would have been wood at Coney Island. I want it to be made of actual iron. I will put as much money into this as I need to for this to be an actual true experience. So <clears throat> everybody knows that Disney has a ton of attention to details, not, not just the guy, but like the organization or whatever. And then the... I didn't know all this. Opening day of Disneyland was bad. It was very bad. Two hours before opening, they were laying tarmac down, Mm. like freaking out. That's pretty early, like late to lay tarmac. Uh huh. And so then it was still like gooey and it was pulling heels off of shoes, (laughs) including Frank Sinatra's wife. Her heels which one at the time went goodbye. Yeah, I tried to look that up, but I also didn't. There was also a plumber's strike. So Disney had to choose between water fountains and toilets. <laughs> On opening day, you get one. Mm-hmm. And obvi- not obviously, but he did allow for toilets to run and then refreshments thought otherwise (laughs) yeah well he was like well well like soft there's soft drinks if people want something to drink we just don't have water Water. like free water and so refreshments ran out midday and workers went around the park with water bottles on their backs because we did not have all of these plastic Throw away yeah. personal water bottles. These guys were running around like the fucking Culligan man, strapped to their back, just dumping water and on people on that people. need <laughs> open mouths. Yeah, on, it was like a they melt into the tarmac. Like, I can only like imagine a music video. how difficult, launching especially the first something thing that's never yeah exactly been like Jesus Christ. The things oh, yeah. that happen with events that you know are gonna happen. Oh yeah. And by the end of the day, almost every ride had broken down. Mm -hmm. So the press is very bad. One of the phrases that comes up is the $17 million people trap that Mickey Mouse (laughs) built. That's very (laughs) funny. I don't know if that's too inaccurate (laughs) at this point either. That's So the crowd still came, though, and they end up turning a profit within a month. Disney, ABI, always be innovating. So he was changing everything in the theme park game. Nonstop, always. He went to Switzerland and sent a postcard back to his people of the Matterhorn, and it just said, "It just said, build this." Period. That's all it said. Thank you for the direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which <clears throat> I'll get on that soapbox another time. But it revolutionized roller coaster game. It's this massive structure. It has tighter turns. It's using polyurethane for the cars and uh, like heavy iron for the rails. And so it's able to do like a lot more. You, they've got two running and it costs $1.5 million just to build that, which is $14 million today. Yep. 
So the cost alone probably held off some copycats, but within a decade, every country with an amusement park had a version of the ride. Just like how, again, the pleasure gardens mm-hmm. are expanding mm-hmm. out. To this day, those dramatic roller coasters are typically the defining features of parks. We don't see commercials for amusement parks anymore, but it's I remember all of them being like, the new ride. Yeah. Six Flags still does them locally, really? I think. I yeah, have cable. I mean, I get like digital ads for it and shit. But I see it now for like, it's Halloween and we've redecorated it. So it's more experiential than it is the ride, which is fascinating. There are people who hate Disney and they see him as a trickster trying (laughs) trying to convince them that his park is what life is like. No, he's not. Yeah, he but there were money. people, especially then, that were kind of like... It's a fantasy world. That's the point. <laughs> yeah, but Dummies. you got to pull yourself up by well, your bootstraps. But then there's like Celebration Florida and shit. So it does kind of eke over. You yeah. don't celebrate Florida? I try not to. Mm-hmm. I, I did my time there. I don't need to go back. That's true. Mm. Pleasure gardens to Disneyland and all theme parks the visitors go to suspend their belief. For a few hours and embrace fantasy and escape reality. And all of this leads back to why people so horny. So because at the theme park. Yeah. And it's like it's all tied. Horn areas. Horn areas. Originated in the horn. It was born in the horn. <laughs> Made the, by it. I'm trying to figure out how to use horn in a sentence to as a sister word too horny it, it's the horn origin dog. word like if i'm feeling s- horned up horn e horn dog horny <laughs> <laughs> I can't. it's like the worst thing i've ever heard in my whole life <laughs> cry about it i'm gonna i'm crying right now <laughs> like a week from now i'm gonna send you an audio message of me just doing this. i know i know and i'll 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 have forgotten and then i'll just make you be very like, upset what They really it's are. Like a, it's like a weird thin wisp of horn. Yeah, there. it is. It's it, it hovers. Yeah, around. and you never like know fog. when it's gonna catch it. It's like, yeah. is it because like theme park? I wonder. Like on top of this, it's like, is it because there's so many people and it's a bunch of fucking teens and shit yeah. and they're it's just all the hormones are all there yeah. and like they're being Haley's and the <laughs> lines <laughs> and sad and horny. <laughs> yep. That's the teenage so experience. Devastatingly yes. horny. Yeah. And then like, uh, our dumb animal brains are like, yeah, I and guess then there's a roller sense. coaster and it's like, and then there's a roller the coaster. only way that I can match <laughs> this feeling without having sex with something is throwing my body around in a metal like contraption and screaming out of you yeah basically. especially the old i wooden mean i ones. don't Dude. think that's what was happening in fear but mm. when we well we went to six flags i was like when was the last time you were at a amusement park 
we went to Six Flags mm-hmm. right before the pandemic. It was 2019. Mm-hmm. It was like end of season. Yeah, in it was fun. And that first ride we went on, I was it's like, just, oh shit, it's I like, can't do I this. Hadn't, we went, we went on the roller coaster in New York, New York, in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Me, John, Lisa, CJ, and it. I was not prepared for how violent. <laughs> really? Yeah. It had been so long since I'd been on a roller. And that one does like loopties and yeah. shit. Like it's not a up and down kind of fun like one. one. It yeah. was like. It's trying to fuck you up. Got this shit kicked out of me. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I have whiplash now painful. for the rest of it. Yeah. But Six Flags. And that's an old, old roller yeah. coaster. So the updated ones aren't as painful. But I remember the last time I went on the Rattler when it was still wooden. Yeah. And it was. That's one of the last times I was on a rough and you're too small. You're like when you're a kid, you're like, you're like <laughs> jiggling around. Oh, jiggling yeah. around. Oh, yeah. Um, I got asked to participate in hooker activities in Vegas. Okay. Like you were propositioned. So, OK, we were at the Chandelier Bar, which is the bar in the Cosmopolitan that we are basically regulars at. because yeah. We go to Vegas that often. So it was early because. You know, Vegas is two hours behind us, so we wake up early, and we were down there probably by, like, 10 a.m. Vegas time. Which and is, like, 6 a.m. normal people time. It would no. be 12 p.m. Right? here. 12 no, but what I'm saying is, like, who gets up that early? Right. Oh, so, Vegas. in Vegas. But, I mean, there's plenty of people still up and <sighs> getting up in yeah. Vegas. Time isn't real. So, gotcha. the bar was full. Yeah. We were sitting there playing video poker, and I sat down next to this girl. And she looked cute, whatever. And this guy came up in between us and he was clearly foreign. Like when he asked the bartender for what to drink, the guy, he was like, what are going to get you? And he was like, a beer. And he was like, what kind of beer? That like, seems like fake. Kind of very much. And yeah. he was kind of, you know, like he definitely had like an accent. And everything. Had, yeah, it was from another country. Cool. Billions of people in Vegas are right. Yeah. But he started talking to the girl next to me. And I was, I was eavesdropping, of course. Mm-hmm. And she was, it's I heard the her say best like, thing to do in Vegas. yeah, she was like, okay, well it, it would be 200 for you and 200 for each of your friends. And I was like, okay, do what you do. Sex workers in Vegas. Yeah. It's legal. Go for it. Um, but technically it's not legal to do it that way. It has to be in a brothel. Anyways, anyways, there's a whole problem with that also. Like why does a, somebody yeah. have to tell you how you can do anyways yeah. there's also a conversation about so, deregulation and yeah so and i hear this conversation and she's like here's my number text me and he leaves and i'm still just playing video poker minding my own business and she turns to me and she's like hey do you want to go make some money and hook up with these guys <laughs> and i was like um no i'm here with my husband but like i appreciate how it. much money Two hundred a piece, which doesn't That's sound not like worth it. No. no, but I was like, oh, and I was like, still get it. Am I dressed? Like I was wearing a dress that you might go out in because it was. I was like, I never get to wear my cute clothes because yeah. I don't go in. Like yeah. I work yeah. from home. Like I'm gonna wear my cute clothes, and yeah. so I had on like a dress and like. He not giant heels, but heels and like yeah, you look cute. Looked cute. Yeah, was, ten a.m. And I was like. Okay. Okay. Well, I could be a sex worker. I yeah. I'm flattered. I was a little flattered. Yeah. yeah. Especially so. if she was cute too. Because she, she was, was saying we're we're on the same level that yeah. we can both yeah. pull this. She was very cute. But she was also very like clearly on drugs. Oh, honey. But like, you know, downers just kinda like mm. 
and I was like, sorry. So she was and sad she just kind of left. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know if she was horny. I don't know if you get yeah. horny for money. Horny for money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You can get horny for anything if you really put your mind to it. There it is. <laughs> I was like, Where, when's she going to do it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> I hate you so much. I fucking It sounds hate you. like an upset rat. It is. <laughs> I've been described as worse. <laughs> I've been described as upset and horny. <laughs> Much worse. No, we're done. This we're is done. Over. Mm-hmm. O-V-U-R. Uh, rate us on Hot or Not. Nopope.com. Nopope. Nopope.com. <laughs> that has to be like, a thing. If you know of any sex work that's over $200 a pop. Like Email like Whitney. Email and me. don't do any of that $201 shit. No. Get out of like, here. Really. Like, we're not playing prices right here. No. Price is wrong. Price is wrong. She will time. trade for an Eames chair, though. That that is probably that is true for sure. I'll and trade for the crap chair. Honestly, John would trade me for an Eames chair. <laughs> Trade's legal, right? You just can't take money. Could you? Is that how they do it? Like when you go to places and you win gift cards instead of actual yeah. money? <laughs> yeah, it's like a barrier. It's That's like a one I'm step right. in between. I feel like you can trade. Um, it just depends on what you're that's trading. Just survival for. sex works just a little different. Yeah, it isn't all yeah. sex work, survival sex, all, all jobs really. Yeah, we're all selling our bodies okay. for money. We are. We're oh. done. Goodbye. Oh.